Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome back to episode four of the Norman Transcript Podcast. Uh, as always, I am your host, Byron White. And today, we're going to start it out how we always started out. In the studio live, we have Millsap, comma, Mark. Episode four. In honor of Brett Favre, the greatest quarterback ever. Number four. Um, Brett Favre. The greatest number four ever, maybe. The greatest quarterback ever to play the game. Over Tom Brady? Over Tom Brady. Absolutely not. Over Tom Brady. Ridiculousness. How? Okay. Why Why is he the best quarterback ever? Because he was awesome. Enough said. Let's move on. Six rings. Let's move on. Top picks. Top picks for Norman. We're going to start with the legend, not Tom Brady, but the legend of Norman Restaurants. Yes, it is called Legends of Norman, located on Lindsay Street, one of the uh, great places in Norman to go grab a bite, whether that's brunch, lunch, or dinner. They are now back open. They uh, had closed a little bit during the pandemic, just like uh, a lot of people had to reevaluate what was going on, but came back strong. Now they are ready to serve up some of the best food in Norman. The dish that I like to talk about from Legends that really I like more than any others. I've tried a lot of other dishes. The best dish, chicken crepes. Chicken crepes. Chicken crepes. You didn't think I was going to say that, did you? With the side of a computer notification. No. The side is actually a baked apple with a little bit of creme fraiche. That actually does sound pretty good. It is tasty. But the chicken crepes, light, fluffy on the outside, you know, almost like a little enchilada, but it's a a crepe made out of eggs and goodness. Chicken, grilled chicken inside, and the creamy, I don't know if it's a bechamel sauce or it's it's more of a cheesy sauce that goes on top with a little sprinkling of a paprika on the top, but it is amazing. It melts in your mouth. Uh, I will give a shout out to the person that told me to get this. That was Mandy Hawes of Sooner Bowling. She hit me. Uh, we were sitting there for a meeting one day. She hits me uh, with her elbow on the side. I said, you got to get the chicken crepes. I said, ah, I don't know about chicken crepes. She goes, trust me. I trusted her. And that's all I get now when I go there. Legends is legendary. Go by See if they still got the salad bar going. I Hopefully they do. But great salads, wonderful lunch, great brunch things. But get the chicken crepes with that little bit of a baked apple on the side. Really good stuff. Legend is legendary. Now, Almost as legendary as the, the career of Tom Brady. Or Brett Favre, number four. The greatest quarterback ever. So, moving on. Another legendary place that uh, kind of an up and comer. Let's call let's call them the Patrick Home, Mahomes of Norman uh, food scene. Let's go with apple tree chocolates for a little dessert item. Now they've got chocolates, they've got truffles, they've got fudge, they've got apples. Their namesake for apple tree, apples that are as big as your head. That you can get anyway. Turtle, uh, carameled apples, all kinds of different apples. But I'd like to tell you just a little secret that they have there. Byron, how many in your lifetime have you had of a Little Debbie oatmeal cream pie? As you can see, I've, I've, I've had a, a lot. So have I. Ever since I could eat, I remember getting the 
box of oatmeal cream pies from Little Debbie. That was the after-school snack of my generation. Guess what they do with it? They dip it in chocolate. They take a Little Debbie oatmeal cream pie and dip it all the way into chocolate. Now, the, the best one that they do is half white chocolate and half milk chocolate. It's almost like that Seinfeld episode about look to the cookie, the black and white cookie. This is look to the oatmeal cream pie, the black and white oatmeal cream pie. Milk chocolate, white chocolate coming together on top of a full-size oatmeal cream pie. Amazing, Byron. Sounds like a cavity, but I'm in. It's not a cavity. It's good. Go by. Tell them Mark sent you. Tell them Byron sent you. Or the transcript sent you. Or the transcript podcast. Um, last thing I want to talk about is is something that uh, is more of a regional favorite. Um, I thought that they actually started over on the eastern side of the state, where I'm from, over in the Muskogee area. First ever Del Rancho that I saw was in Tahlequah, Tahlequah, Oklahoma. They've got uh, a nice little drive-through there, uh, drive-in, excuse me. You go in there, and they were the coolest things because they had the little phones at every table that you actually pick up and, and do your order. When you're ready or, and they had the little jukeboxes, just like how Boomerang back in the day used to Boomerang be. back in the day. But Del Rancho, that was my first, uh, my first uh, time going in there in Tahlequah. Well, I did a little research about Del Rancho because, of course, I want to talk about their chicken fried steak sandwich. It's actually called a steak sandwich supreme. Um, the one in Norman here does a great job with that. Uh, but I did my homework and just a little bit of history about Del Rancho. Do you know where the first Del Rancho was? You know where it started, Byron? Tahlequah? I thought Tahlequah. I really did. I thought it started over there, but I was wrong. Guess where it started? Um, uh, uh, South Oklahoma City. Hey, good. Almost, almost. It was in Oklahoma City on Western. Dang. A little north of downtown, it looks like. But it was, it was, it started out as a place called Ranch House. Then they opened their second location, and this was back in 1959. And not, by 1961, they opened their second location in where? <gasps> Dell City. And they changed the name to Dell Rancho. Dell Rancho is named because of their second location in Dell City. Did not know that. Did everybody else know that? Not sure. In 1964, three years after they opened their, their second location there in Del Rancho, changed the name, is when they first started the chicken fried steak sandwich or the steak sandwich supreme. Okay, you've got to go get one of those. Again, as big as your head, it seems like. You've got to have uh, a, a bunch of napkins to eat it, but also get the, uh, get the veggies on top. Get the lettuce, the tomato. Mayonnaise is a must on the chicken fried steak sandwich. Don't even cut it in half. Just hunker down, take a big old bite of it, and you just will will be amazed at the flavors that go 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 in your mouth. Just amazing. It's truly amazing. It's one of my favorite things to get from there. I, I go quite frequently. I was actually just there the other day. It's it's just a huge chicken fried steak patty uh, that that completely dwarfs the bun that it's on. It's amazing. So recommendations this week legendary just like tom brady or brett Favre, chicken crepes the up-and-coming apple tree chocolates stop by get the oatmeal cream pie and of course the legendary i guess you could say for tom brady the del rancho it's like joe montana uh i i could say i could see that i could see that so 
Uh, get ready for Super Bowl, obviously. Um, uh, we'll next week uh, on uh, my favorite hits uh, or favorite topics or uh, uh, top picks for Norman. We'll talk about Super Bowl top picks. Okay, how about that? We'll talk about Super Bowl where you can get some cool stuff for Super or Super Bowl party. Or hey, if you're just hanging out home watching the game, uh, we'll talk a little bit about Super Bowl picks next week. Yes, indeed. Well, uh, moving it along. Uh, Mark, I, I noticed the other day you were wearing a shirt, and I, I want to really take a moment to highlight this organization uh, because living in Norman, I've had a, a couple of friends that have gone through this system or have received some help from this this organization, and it, and it really helped them out and made a difference in their lives. You think you could just take a moment and uh, give some more information on what bridges or who bridges, who you guys are or who they are and, and what they do? Sure. Love to. So one of my favorite uh, organizations in town, nonprofit organization, and and something that I hold near and dear to my heart uh, to help out with is uh, is Bridges, uh, Bridges of Norman. Uh, they uh, are a homeless, a place for homeless teens to live uh, independently uh, when they are in a bad situation. So what we say at Bridges is that uh, they are homeless by no fault of their own. That doesn't mean that these kids are bad kids. A lot of people that drive by there and see it or, or, or don't know much about Bridges think automatically that these kids did something wrong to, um, to, to be booted out of their house or got kicked out of their house. That's, that's actually very incorrect. Most of these kids were in a bad situation and decided they wanted better. Uh, some of them were found, uh, you know, were living at Lake Thunderbird in a tent uh, trying to uh, go to school. Uh, on, on a daily basis, but also uh, deal with not having a place to go at night. Um, some of these uh, kids, uh, their, their parents upped and moved away, and they're uh, 15 and 16-year-olds, and guess what? The parents left them. They just left them here uh, and went on about their business and, and, and just left them. So what we say at Bridges uh, is, is by no fault of their own, these kids are, find themselves in a homeless uh, situation. Uh, one of the things or, or a couple of things that these kids have, have to do is, one, they have to be enrolled in school. They have to actively attend school. They got to keep good grades to be able to live uh, at Bridges. They have to have a job. They, I think they have to work at least 15 hours a week in a job. Um, they also have to be drug-free, alcohol-free. Uh, there's no, zero tolerance policy on, on the campus about that kind of stuff. Uh, overnight visitors and stuff like that. There are definitely rules and regulations against that. So, uh, but these kids are offered a place to live, uh, a support. Uh, every week, there's uh, things called life skills training, where you, these group of kids actually learn uh, how to keep a checkbook, how to uh, change a tire, how to manage their money on a, on a budget, how to uh, uh, maybe some career path, uh, how to take pictures, how to uh, have some hobbies life skills training on Tuesday nights. And I will, uh, will say on that, anybody is welcome. If they've got a life skill that they want to teach to a group of, of uh, individuals, a group of kids that, that, that want to know something, uh, definitely contact Bridges and, and be a mentor. Just go in on Tuesday nights and, uh, and teach them something. It could be as simple as making a dish, uh, a pie, a dessert, uh, making one of your favorite home, uh, home-cooked meals, uh, on Tuesday nights, they also have sort of family dinner, so people can bring it, bring in um, a dinner and just serve to the kids. Uh, also, they have a food pantry. 
definitely non-perishable items. You can drop off any food items at, at any point the bridges. Uh, and then that away, they the kids uh, take you know the macaroni and cheese or the veg- veggies or the uh, TV dinners or you know whatever the case may be. They take it back and they uh, they have a, have some food um, that they uh, didn't have to spend their hard-earned money on. So, Bridges is one of those uh, those places here in in town that they do really good work. Executive director Stacy Bruce um, has has been there a few years. It's done amazing work there. Um, and then the the entire board. And the entire team there at Bridges is all about making sure these kids have a safe place to call home uh, as they finish up uh, their 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 high school careers. And then most of them, they're getting scholarships to secondary education, whether that be you know nursing school or that uh, medical programs at Moore Norman or uh, a, a D1, even an Ivy League, Ivy League school. Uh, a recent graduate uh, got a scholarship to Columbia. Another recent graduate got a scholarship to UCLA. Uh, so these kids are, are trying to get out of a bad situation, making the best of it and doing the work for themselves to get out there. So, uh, I will give a shout out to Bridges of Norman. Absolutely. Uh, you, you, you can't help but to love what they're doing for the community and, and just for these kids. Cause as you said, their situations are not their fault. They are. Uh, they're, they're kind of just thrown in these situations with no one really to turn to or, or nothing to do. And, and Bridges does an amazing job helping them out and, and putting them on course to a better life. Yeah, they, they do. And uh, a quick plug for uh, for um, Bridges. Uh, sorry, my phone went off. Uh, their biggest fundraiser of the year is called Bridges Prom 2.0. And what that is, it's, it's kind of fun. It's a, it's a prom type event uh, for, for adults. For adults? Yeah, for adults. Uh, so uh, what it is is they, they usually have a, a, a prom where we uh, have, a, have a theme. Last year it was Heisman and Hills, so everybody dressed up with football players and as football players and things like that. Before that, uh, you know, they did, they've done a National Lampoon's. Uh, uh, event this year, it's uh, it's all about uh, the movie Grease. They're actually having the prom at the Oklahoma City uh, Winchester Drive-in. They're off of Western, and it's uh, it's all about the movie Grease. So you got the T-Birds versus the Pink Ladies trying to raise some money for Bridges. But if you'll go to their Facebook page or their website, you can see all about uh, their fundraising efforts this uh, in the next couple of weeks called uh, the Bridges Prom 2.0. And uh, definitely check that out. Nice. Um, if if any of the listeners uh, were wanting to donate uh, either some money or even just food for some of the kids or even their time, whether it be through services or or, or showing in like giving instruction on anything, who would be the contact or where would they need to go to get some more information on that? Easiest way to do that is probably reach out on the Facebook page, their Bridges of, of Norman Facebook page, or just call Bridges if you can find the number and just talk to Stacy Bruce. Stacy Bruce, executive director there, she can point you the right direction, whether it's just bringing some food by uh, for their pantry uh, or, or making donations or even get, getting uh, involved uh, somehow, some way. Stacy Bruce, executive director at Bridges. Yes, and that, that phone number for Bridges, if you're wondering, uh, is 405-579-9280. All right. Well, thank you, Byron. It's a good day. Good day. And uh, just an update, uh, if, if you're still listening from episode two, uh, the war for the organized and unorganized candy basket 
has officially come to a close. Thank you for everyone that, that chimed in and, and voted or, or put gave their input on it. Uh, but the disorganized candy basket argument has won. That would be the assorted candy basket argument because everyone loves an assorted candy basket. Thank you. I'm out. No comment. All right, and we will take a quick break and we'll be right back. Okay, y'all, it's time to pay some bills. Not a current subscriber to the Norman Transcript? Not a problem. Call 405-366-3573 and ask for our New Year's rate and our new senior citizens rate. Norman Transcript has been providing local news to the Norman area since 1889 with the stories from the community you know and love. Again, to start your subscription, call 366-3573. And welcome back. Uh, here we have Jesse Crittenden. He's going to be joining us for the remainder of the podcast. Uh, but before we get started, just a quick reminder. Uh, if you have not submitted a ballot for uh, the Norman Transcript Reader's Choice Awards, uh, be sure to pick up one of our editions of the paper uh, and, and fill out your ballot and, and then turn it in here at the office. Uh, and then also, uh, Jesse, if you could Give, if, if you could fill them in on the February 3rd debate coming up. Yeah, I'll just give a, a quick uh, rundown of that. And first of all, thanks, Byron, for, for having me on. So, yeah, we are having we are hosting, I should say, a debate on city or on the city council election uh, coming up on February 9th. The debate is on February 3rd. We will be holding it at City Hall. Uh, the debate will start around five and around nine. Um, every candidate will be at the debate. Um, it's not open to the public, but we will be live streaming the debate on our website. We will be live streaming it on our Facebook page. So people, uh, residents can check that out. Uh, we will be separating it by wards. So the first ward or ward one, candidates will will debate first then ward two then ward three and so on uh, each candidate will or each uh, debate will last about 45 minutes um, and we'll be asking a lot of our own questions but um, if any residents out there have a question they would like to ask their their city council candidate please um, email your questions to us at debate at normantranscripts.com so we're, we're gearing up for that, and we hope you guys tune in, and, and we hope the debate is informative and uh, people know a little bit more about their candidates. All right. So now that the, uh, the church announcements are out of the way, uh, let's get into some Thunder basketball. Yeah, Byron. Um, I'm not sure when this podcast will be available to everybody, but we're recording it on Friday. And uh, tonight, the Thunder have a huge home matchup with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, it's a little bit less big in the news that um, Kevin Durant will be uh, missing tonight's game um, with uh, injury. So uh, it won't be quite as big, but the, still the Thunder will have uh, their hands full playing uh, Kyrie Irving and James Harden tonight. And it's a little bit of a shame because, you know, Kevin Durant hasn't played at Chesapeake Energy, Energy Arena in almost two years. So I think fans will be a little bit disappointed that there's not a homecoming there, but um, either way, um, big game, and it'll be a, a huge uh, test to see where the Thunder really are. Is Kevin really hurt? I don't know, but part of me, part of me, honestly thinks that they they probably assume that they can win tonight's game pretty easily, and they might as well 
uh, get rest for him where they can. Uh, he's still rehabbing his Achilles. So, uh, you know, maybe there are some conspiracy theories. Maybe he really doesn't want to play at the peak, even with no fans. But part of me thinks that's probably what the what the thing is. Well, all bitterness aside, uh, I, I did see a story earlier um, where they were saying Kevin right now, Kevin Durant is making the greatest comeback from such a serious injury uh, that that the NBA and, and and almost pretty much the majority of sports has ever seen. He is he's come back stronger than ever. His numbers are even slightly better than his MVP season numbers. Uh, so we'll just we'll just have to see what he does for the rest of the season. Yeah, uh, hats off to, to Kevin Durant. Um, I know I know some Thunder fans might still feel bitter about uh, his departure in 2016, but I think you know none of us really wish him harm, you know. And and it is it is great to see how he's bounced back. Um, you know, I think he's I think he's benefiting from a lot of things uh, now. Is you know with the advancements in, in medical uh, treatment and, and medical science. Um, you know, I think he's benefited a little from that, but either way, he's on the other side of 30 and he's come back looking like he's 24 years old. So, um, he's having a heck of a season. It's looking like the young vintage slim reaper. Yeah, he is. Well, uh, I, I know, as you said, we, we are playing the nets tonight, uh, without Kevin Durant, but still with Kyrie and, and James Harden. Uh, how do you think we fare tonight against them? You know, it's tough because obviously Brooklyn has a ton of offensive firepower even without Kevin Durant, but their defense has been uh, really brutal um, this year, especially since they got Harden and since they traded away Jared Allen. Um, their defense has been bad, and, and really all of their games so far have been really, really close. doesn't matter who they played. Um, they just won an overtime against the Atlanta Hawks. Um, they won a close one against the – the Milwaukee Bucks and all those games have been really, really high scoring. So I honestly think the Thunder have a chance. Now, will they win? Uh, that's tough to say. Brooklyn still is the better team, but uh, Brooklyn's defense is bad enough that even bad teams can keep in with with Brooklyn. Plus, the Thunder really um, they are much better than the stats say they should be. Um, so they're, they've been really good in the clutch this year, as they have last as they were last year. So, man, we'll see. I'm actually pretty excited about it. I am too. I, I think it's going to be a good game, although I won't be watching. I'll still check my, uh, I guess, quarterly updates from the, the score app. But hopefully it's a great game. And, I, uh, you know, I hope it's entertaining. Um, yeah. Well, for sure. And I'll give this I'll give this little tidbit just in case people are hearing this after the fact, you know, after the game tonight. Really, the Thunder Thunder fans should be, you know, maybe a little conflicted about where the Thunder are at, regardless of what happens in this this Nets game tonight. But overall, you've got to be pretty excited if you're a Thunder fan about the way the young players are progressing. Uh, again, I'll highlight Lou Dort again, who is um, who has just been killing it this year. Shea Gilgis Alexander looks like he's already maybe an All Star. Um, so. I know there are Thunder team, Thunder fans out there that are a little bit conflicted. You know, man, I wanted teams, you know, I wanted the team to lose or, man, I want the team to keep winning. Thunder kind of in the middle right now. But either way, you've got to be pretty excited about the future. Have there been any uh, any any trade rumors or anything? Or are they still looking to try to move bigger contracts or anything like that? Uh, not that I know of. There, there really hasn't been... Um, much information on what the Thunder are, are really trying to do, but the Thunder are known for having one of the most tight-lipped 
organizations in the league, not much really leaks out of their organization. And a lot of the trades they make kind of come out of nowhere. I think the Paul George one was for example, was a good one. You know, for example, I don't think anyone saw the Thunder actually trading for Paul George. So um, I, I imagine we can still infer what their main goals are to get rid of their two veterans and Al Horford and George Hill and, and, and try to push to keep getting younger and give some of the young guys more playing time. But um, as of right now, we really don't know. But the, the trade deadline's coming up in a month. So I wouldn't be surprised if we start hearing something pretty soon. Well, if we were to offload someone like Al Horford uh, in return uh, in a in return for a trade involving a player like Al Horford, who do you who would you expect for us to get back? Al, you know, that's tricky because, I mean, I think even um, the Thunder's game against uh, Phoenix, uh, that was two nights ago. Um, where they came, they came back to win that game. Al Horford was a big part of that win. Uh, he hasn't had like a terrific season. Um, I think he's probably declined a little from his peak, but he's still a super helpful player. But he's making a lot of money, and what to, what are teams willing to pay for him? So if I had to guess, I think the Thunder would probably get back a protected first round pick, uh, maybe some salary filler that includes a young player. Um, but honestly, it's really hard to say because it all depends on how other teams in the league value Al Horford. And I don't know how highly they value him. That's real. Um, it's hard to wonder what if uh, w- with Al Horford and his relationship to Oklahoma City. Uh, back in 2016, he was on record saying that he wanted to come to Oklahoma City, but he could not get a definitive answer from from Westbrook or from Kevin uh, or, or from from Kevin Durant uh, in regards to if they're going to stay long term or not. Um, it, it's really hard to think that we would not have been immediate contenders. I mean, we were already contenders at that time. Uh, you know, you, you have guys like LeBron coming out and saying that they were very happy that the Warriors ended up coming back on us in that conference final because they felt that we were the or the Thunder were the most dangerous team that year. You think we could have been looking at a, a possible championship had that all have come together? I mean, we were already looking at a championship, like you said, without Al Horford. But yeah, because I think the other the other aspect of all of that, of all those hypotheticals, is the Thunder still could have traded Serge Ibaka for Victor Oladipo. So you know, a starting five would have looked like Russell Westbrook, Andre Roberson, uh, Kevin Durant. Uh, Al Horford and Steven Adams, or you can substitute Roberson for Victor Oladipo. Um, but either way, that's just a, a heck of a team that'd be tough to beat. And and yeah, I honestly think if the Thunder had gotten past the Warriors in that 2016 uh, Western Conference Finals, I honestly think the Thunder would have beat the Cavs that year in the finals. I, I really do. Um, I mean, I don't think it's a given by any means. It would not have surprised me at all if the Cavs still won, but I think the Thunder would have been favored in that series. And um and yeah, I think it, that team was already really great, and they would have added, you know, potentially Al Horford and Victor Oladipo. So uh, it is a little bittersweet to have Al Horford on the team now when he's a little bit older, and the Thunder's not the Thunder aren't really title contenders anymore. But that is one of the most intriguing hypotheticals in the league to me. Absolutely, uh, it's you know it it's tough that it didn't come together, but uh, you know this is a business, and and not only is this a business, but these are also uh, the, these are human beings just like you and me. We, uh, I, I know we have wants and, and, and needs and desires and, and, and to go explore different places and, and to do things in different spaces. So, uh, you know, you obviously understand Kevin's decision to move on. So 
yeah, I mean, there's not really much we can do about it. Yeah, I mean, I think now the Thunder, you know, hopefully Thunder fans have kind of settled into, you know, maybe can appreciate what the last decade of Thunder basketball was like and uh, and be optimistic about the future. I mean, the, the Thunder have a, have a bright future um, that fans should be excited about. So um, it's a shame the Thunder never got a title, but um, like you said, you can't really do anything about it now. All you can do is move forward, and the Thunder have a lot of pieces to move forward. Yeah, and the the 30 for 30 that is going to be produced is going to be amazing. I'm excited. Absolutely. Also, it's, there's nothing official, but there there has to be. There's no way. A franchise to draft three MVPs um, and and just have so much success early on, uh, you know, as because people don't remember um, just what three or four years removed from the finals when we first started, we were a, a team that only won like 20 games in a season, um, or, or 30 games in a season. We were just a really bad team when we first started out, and then we got so good so quickly. Started that first year three and 29, um, didn't even win 20 games that season. So, um, yeah, I think there will absolutely be a 30 for 30. There's no question about that. It'll just depend on. Um, when it comes out, my guess is probably once Katie, Russ, and Harden are all out of the league, that's that would be my guess when they all retire. And they will uh, <clears throat> reconcile their, their differences. And uh, it'll almost be like uh, Shaq and Kobe after they both retired and, and they, they ended the beef and, and became brothers again. Yeah, and, you know, it's hard to say how much beef really is there. Um, I think before uh Russell Westbrook and, and Harden uh, split up uh you know f- away from the Rockets this last year I think it was fair to say that there really wasn't any beef anywhere um that might actually be the last beef I, I really don't know if Westbrook and KD have much beef anymore um so maybe maybe it's less about uh maybe it's less about wanting to solve any beef and more about coming to terms with the fact that they sh- probably should have won a title and didn't and maybe getting maybe being more likely to talk about it, you know, once they're away from the game. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. That's real. Well, uh, just a question: Is Russell Westbrook the best MVP to not have a championship if he were to retire today? The best, um, man. That's tough because Charles Barkley. Um, but Charles the, never averaged a triple double for multiple seasons. Yeah, but the le- the league is different now than it was then. Like even just in terms of uh, the pace of play, there are just more uh, there are more possessions now. Um, players like point guards have the ball more than they did then and are more aggressive now than they were then. That's not to diminish anything Westbrook did, but I mean, Westbrook was a pretty flawed MVP. He was incredible to watch. But he was a pretty flawed MVP, and I think we saw that, you know, Westbrook had his chance to be a number one option on a championship team, and 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 it didn't happen. So, I think you could definitely make that argument. Um, I would need to look. I mean, you could even argue Steve Nash, maybe is maybe is the best MVP without a title. Um, you know, I I don't know. That's that's a really good question, though. It's making me. It's definitely making me think about it. I mean, I think some people say Derrick Rose, but I honestly think Russell Westbrook's MVP season was marginally better than Derrick Rose's. So, and there's always there will always be that ongoing debate about Derrick Rose in his prime and Westbrook in his prime. 
um, uh, at that time, uh, back in like 2011, 2012, uh, it, it was always a constant conversation of who's better, D. Rose or, or, or Westbrook. And if Derek had not have gotten hurt and he was able to, uh, you know, stay on that trajectory uh, or, or that upward trajectory, because he was such a young guy uh, playing just just out of his mind and for him to get hurt and, and literally lose two, what, two, three seasons. Uh, yeah, because he, he had the he had the torn ACL and then he tore his meniscus. Um, I think he had other knee injuries, too. So, yeah, I mean, he by the time he really came back and had another full season, he was, you know, he wasn't the same player. But in, in Westbrook's defense, you also have to look back at, you know, what happens if Patrick Beverly never dove after the timeout and, and tore his meniscus? Sure. I mean, the, you could actually argue the Thunder's best chance to win a title was that was season. Was that year? So um, that's kind of the Thunder's story, though, you know, is what ifs. I mean, Durant had the Jones fracture in his foot in 2015, and Abaka got hurt in 2014. Westbrook got hurt in 2013. You know, the Harden trade happened in 12. So it is kind of a what if, unfortunately, for the Thunder. That's tough. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, all right. I know you guys are having fun enjoying the podcast, but we got to pay a couple bills. Uh, with that being said, first and foremost, thank you for tuning in to the Norman Transcript Podcast. Uh, we've had a blast putting this together for you guys. It's been a very fun time. But now, you know, if you have that garage sale coming up or you have uh, some old furniture you want to get rid of or any antiques or anything like that, feel free to contact Jan. Uh, you can give her a call at 405-366-3501 or shoot her an email at jan at normantranscript.com. Thank you. All righty, and we are back after a, a brief commercial break. Uh, well, we'll Jesse, uh, without further ado, let's just get straight into it. Um, what are some stories that you would like to highlight uh, that we have published over the past week or so? Uh, thanks, Byron. Yeah, we actually um, had a, a couple of pretty big stories um, this week that I really wanted to highlight. Um, the first one being probably the news that most people are aware of now, but um, the story we wrote on uh, city council candidate Kelly Lynn. Um, he's a candidate for, for city council ward three. Um, he, uh, we obtained info that he did not disclose a, um, felony drug plea, uh, when he was about 18. So that was, you know, 24, 25 years ago. I think the case was in 1997. Um, so I, I, I think what I want people to understand is that the, the main question that we were wondering was less about the, uh, you know, less about the specifics of the case and more about was he required to disclose that guilty plea when he registered as a city council candidate. And um, what we got back from the Oklahoma State Election Board is that basically they don't do like any kind of investigation into candidates when they register. Basically, it's up to... Um, it's up to the candidate to be honest. And if they're not, um, you know, other candidates can, can contest the information of another candidate that registers. Um, but it also gets tricky because, um, you know, Kelly Lynn pled, um, pled guilty, but it was a, but it was a deferred sentence that ended up being expunged. So this was a pretty complicated case. It definitely wasn't cut and dry on whether he was required to or not. Um, you know, he pled guilty, but you know, the case, 
uh, case he never served any time for it or anything like that. So that got that got pretty um, tricky. But um, if people want to read that story, they can go to um, our website. Uh, the story was written by Mindy Reagan Wood and uh, our other staff writer. Reese Gorman contributed to that story. So, I mean, there's a lot of good info in here. It, it includes information from the state election board. It includes um, information about the actual case, um, that the actual felony case. It includes quotes from Kelly Lynn. Um, it includes quotes from um, Unite Norman, who have uh, who endorsed Kelly Lynn as a candidate. So, um, it's a pretty it's a pretty lengthy story. Um, I was happy with with how we did and hopefully people that read the story you know got pretty informed by it so just to be clear here it's so it's not it's not necessarily the fact that it happened because we 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 get it this was years ago Uh, people make mistakes and, and people can always come back from mistakes but this is just more of a of a credibility issue since he he didn't disclose or, or is this putting his credibility at risk because he didn't disclose this? I don't know about credibility. I think for us, I mean, at the end of the day, um, I mean, that's a good question for one. Um, but I think at the end of the day as a news organization, you, you really want to hold politicians accountable. And, you know, we actually had the information for the story um, on Tuesday, but we didn't end up publishing it till Wednesday because we hadn't heard back from the state election board that whether he was required to disclose that when he registered or not. So like I said, I think I think for us it was more important to potentially hold um, Kelly Lynn accountable for if he was required to disclose it but didn't because I think it's less about credibility and more about transparency. You want to be honest with people. Uh, you especially want to be honest with your constituents. Right. And if constituents have a right to know about this, then it's your obligation as a politician to make sure they know. So um, it gets, you know, it gets tricky. And like I said, we didn't really get a firm answer on whether he was required to disclose it or not. But we at least wanted something from the election board before we published the story. Okay. So anyways, like I said, if people want to check that out, um, that was printed in our... um, in our Thursday edition, I believe. And, um, it's also available on our website at www.normantranscript.com. Um, the other story, I think maybe even a, a bigger story than that, um, was, uh, you know, the, the, uh, in, <coughs> excuse me. Um, there was a recall petition against, um, Allison Patron that was launched by Unite Norman. That was the only recall petition that had been submitted to the city clerk with, um, enough potential signatures, um, to successfully recall her. Um, the Cleveland County courthouse, um, heard the case, um, for two days and then made a decision. Um, judge Lori Walkley made the decision, um, that the signatures were invalid and that the recall petition would be unsuccessful. So there's a lot of information to get into that. Um, that story was also written by Mindy Reagan Wood. Um, please go on our website um, or find one of our print editions um, to find that story. Um, I believe that was also in our Thursday edition. Uh, but anyways, the, the main point of it is this. All of the recall petitions that Unite Norman started last summer um, were unsuccessful. None of the none of the city council candidates were recalled. The mayor wasn't recalled. So in that way, Unite Norman's mission was unsuccessful. But um, they they have endorsed a candidate in every single ward um, coming up in this February 9th election. And you know what? If they 
if they get a candidate or, or multiple candidates um, that win their election and get on the city council, I would say Unite Norman, you know, will take that as a success. So while the recall petitions weren't successful, we're still, you know, we still have a little ways to go to determine whether their overall cause was successful or not. But yeah, like I said, um, people can read that story, and and like I said, it get the story gets into the weeds a little bit of what all went into the decision because it, it got really tricky uh, because the uh, Unite Norman submitted um, the recall petition, uh, but then uh, uh, Allison Patron, the current Ward Three City Council member, um, filed a lawsuit to contest the uh the recall petition so it really gets in the weeds and but like i said the, the main highlights are that the recall petitions were unsuccessful but it's to be determined whether unite norman's cause was successful or not all right and we'll just have to see come election day uh and that was was this february 10th february 9th february 9th correction uh the election coming up for the city of norman on february 9th uh, everybody make sure you get out and go vote uh, and and uh, be safe at the polls. Uh, you know, make sure you're still practicing social distancing and, and following all of the uh, all of the requirements uh, at your polling stations as far as uh, being safe from COVID and and, uh, and and social distancing. Absolutely. And I'll highlight one more story to kind of end it on a more positive note. Um, I, I actually wrote a story um, I was pretty proud of that um about a local convenience store it's called c express norman they're on uh, 2319 east lindsay street um they are actually offering free meals for kids 18 and under um during the pandemic um uh, kids right now can go by any any time of the day any day of the week and they can get they can choose between either a beef and bean a beef and bean burrito or a corn dog and they can also get some potato wedges and a fountain drink all for free. Um, so I talked to the owner, uh, Richie Caneria, uh, earlier in the week and he was such, he's such a nice guy. He really was. He was such a, a genuine, honest guy that, that, um, just wants to help kids. And he started, he started offering the free meals, um, uh, earlier in the month. And it was initially just going to be for a day or two. Um, but he just realized how much joy that was bringing people, how much it was helping people, especially for people right now who are struggling financially. So um, he said it's going to be going on indefinitely. And I, I really like I really like writing about stories like this. I like hearing about stories like this. And and uh, for anybody out there that, you know, if you got a kid wants a free meal, go visit Sea Express Norman. And what a wonderful program to put on during this time. I, I'd you know, I, I think things like this are very important uh, for those who either don't have access or just don't have the the opportunity or ability. Um, do you know or I, I know you said you've spoken to the owner. Uh, do you know, like, if we have some listeners that may want to uh, make donations or anything, uh, do you know where, where any of that or, or how to contact him or where any of that information can be sent? That's a good question. Actually, he said there's been a lot of people that have wanted to donate, um, but honestly, he would just prefer um, people to go um, like their Facebook page. It's C Express Norman. Um, it's their Facebook page. Um, or just spread the word. Just spread awareness. Um, he's even said if people want to make um, some donations, they will accept um, You know, maybe um, food donations, um, but not monetary donations because they really just, just want to help the community. And yeah, um, Byron, I think one of the things that they really pointed to was that, you know, a lot of kids are learning from home right now. And for a lot of families, you know, the school lunch or school meal 
is really vital to making sure a kid, you know, gets their, you know, gets a meal for the day. So this was another reason why they wanted to do this is to maybe replace, you know, that missing meal that some kids are experiencing right now. Amazing. Well, uh, unfortunately, that's all the time that we have for today. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning into episode four of the Norman Transcript podcast. And, uh, you know, you have a wonderful day and uh, keep spreading love, peace and positivity, Norman. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for um, supporting us. Thank you for subscribing. And uh, please always reach out to us for, for more information or if there's something we can help you with.